that 85% of your engine wear occurs at startup? Yes, that is correct. And this is where lower the friction comes in by putting a protective lubricating barrier on all moving parts. This now gives you full-time protection to make your engine last longer, run smoother, give you better performance, and improve fuel economy. People across the country are reporting some very exciting results. Go to lowerthefriction.com, place your order, and enter in promo code SOS to get 5% off of your order. That's lowerthefriction.com. Well, hello everyone, and welcome to the weekly Secrets of Saturn livestream. I am Jason Lindgren, your host. Joining this week, I have Wayne McCroy. Crow777, and for the first time in this show, Dylan Sicoccio, who has joined Crow and myself twice now, if I remember correctly. Gentlemen, welcome aboard. Tonight, we're going to be petting some goats. How do you feel about that? I'm not sure how to feel about that, to be honest. Um, <laughs> don't get me wrong, goats are a wonderful animal and all, but, uh, you know, the stuff we're looking at tonight is kind of a little on the creepy, uh, symbolic side. So, uh, you know, it'd be interesting to see, uh, where we go with this whole conversation later. Yeah. A little on the creepy side. Crow, have you seen these yet? Yeah. Um, I saw the one way back. I think he sent me the other one a couple days ago. I checked it out. You know, it's par for the course, right? We're kind of in the era of greatest of all times. The new meme they're pushing around goats and uh, <laughs> actually golden goats with popcorn. And Dylan? And golden dove pins, too. Hey, everybody. I'm all about the greatest of all time, so let's do it. So, Dylan, since you haven't been here before, why don't you tell everybody who you are in case they didn't hear the episodes you did with Crow and myself? Sure. My name is Dylan um, Sicoccio. I basically uh, came out of uh, 
uh, Hollywood and the financial world. A lot of people don't know that. Like, like a lot of my awakening started happening with the 2008 crash. And at the time I was in real estate, I was in the financial services world, and I was also in Hollywood. And uh, I kind of was looking for, for explanations of what I was around. And I was around a, a lot of powerful people that that if most people heard who I was around, they'd probably, you know, they'd probably be like, oh, he's Illuminati confirmed. Well, but, of course uh, you are. That's why you're here. <laughs> you're going to give us the inside scoop on the films. Uh, you know, I ne- thank God I never got the inside scoop because it's pretty dark. But anyways, so when I was like looking at what was going on in the world, I happened to come across, uh, you know, a lot of my awakening came up. I was working on uh, Angels and Demons for like a month. And uh, we, they erected a scale Vatican City with like green screens and everything in the parking lot of the Forum. And there was so much going on on that set, so much to learn from. I was basically around people like Tom Hanks and stuff every day, Ron Howard, all those guys. And, you know, when you just keep your mouth shut like a fly on the wall, you learn a thing or two. And um, at that same time, I started getting, uh, I came across Mark Passio's work. And so I'm like part of that original first class of OG Mark Passio <laughs> when uh, he used to do his little live uh, podcast every uh every Wednesday or whatever it was, what on earth is happening? And so I kind of went through that system and a lot of the things that he referenced and all the tools he gave me, I started going off on my own. And uh, eventually I just wrote uh, these books. They're actually really just my notes. It's like my own awakening process. And I just published my notes into a digestible form uh, called Spirit World. And world is spelled W-H-I-R-L-E-D because the world is world through words. So that's why we spin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the only thing that's spinning, not the globe. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people might agree with you on that one in this forum here. All right. You guys got a chance. I just did, uh, he's in the chat. I just saw him, Chance from Interverse Podcast. We just did The Black Swan two days ago to follow up with his interview with David Weiss. So go check that out. It's incredible. Oh, no, autocorrect made me spell his name wrong. I'm so sorry, dude. I just I just saw that right when you said that. <laughs> oh, friggin' autocorrect. Guys. Dang, autocorrupt. I got to take, take Blix out. Give me about five minutes. All right, take your Not time. Not a problem, so, man. All right. Let's talk about how we're going to do these things. So the films aren't that long. I believe, uh, well, let me back up because I, I, in case people don't even know what the hell we're talking about. So what we're going to do is there are two animated films. One just came out a little over a week ago. The, uh, the, the other one that was the first one came out in 2012. They're titled I Pet Goat 2 and I Pet Goat 3. They have been made by different people, so there's no direct tie there as far as I've been able to find. I, I can't actually find very much information on the new one. But it's a takeoff on the on the name of the book that George Bush was uh, reading along with the class on September 11th, which was called My Pet Goat, if I remember correctly, or The Pet Goat. Maybe it's The Pet Goat. Yeah, I think it, I think that's what it was. The Pet Goat. Exciting reading, to say the least. But these two films, so, so I Pet Goat 2 is not a sequel to anything. It's its own thing. I Pet Goat 3 is... Definitely drawing off of iPad Goat 2, very similar imagery, although I noticed the animation wasn't quite the same, wasn't quite as intense as the second one. But either way, they're yeah, both very good. Yeah, it's definitely not the same 
crew? No. Uh, well, I found out today, I started doing some homework. So iPad Goat 2, which was released in 2012, the guy worked on it for about five years. Uh, this dude, uh, his name is, I'm forgetting now, Lafav is his last name. Uh, I'm forgetting his first name, dang it. Anyway, uh, he worked in Hollywood, probably still does. He has, he has his own uh, digital studio, and he was working on the on the iPad Go 2 for about five years. Uh, then he had to draw on some other people to help him with certain things, uh, soundtrack. Uh, he had some people doing tap dancing and things like that they did motion capture for. Uh, he actually had worked on Gollum for The Lord of the Rings, so he was familiar with digital modeling and all that kind of stuff. And if you haven't ever seen these things, uh, you'll see that the, it does have like a very digital model feel to it, like things are moving and flowing like as if a person were doing so. So what we're going to do is we'll play them in their entirety first. We'll do them one at a time. We'll do iPad Go 2 first and do a breakdown. Then we'll do the three and do the breakdown. But they're not very long, so we'll watch it in its entirety so everybody can see it. So I have it set up to go through the software here so that we're watching and listening at the same time you guys are. Then I have it set up so I can pause in between as we are discussing it because these things are absolutely loaded with imagery. I mean, it's it, there's not a scene that goes by where you're not going to pick apart a zillion things. So the thing I really don't know is what the people who made these things were really getting at. I did find an interview with the guy who did the first one. Uh, it was a very boring interview, to be honest. Uh, he didn't really allude to much, just that it was his own idea that he wanted to, to do this and tie in a bunch of imagery. He was saying it was more of a positive thing, definitely not Luciferian, things like that, which might be true. He might just be trying to point things out. I, I don't know. I'm not going to accuse the guy when I know next to nothing about him. So anyway, the one thing I do want to tell everybody is if you're going to watch this with us while we're doing this, these things do have, both of them, a very disturbing feeling to them, I have to be honest. There's something about the imagery and the way it's done and the music. It all makes for a very interesting package, to say the least. And I can just feel the energy about them. There's something very dark about them, whether or not the original artists intended them to have that feel or not, I can't say, but that's what I get from it. So keep your shields up if you're going to watch this stuff because they're a little creepy, man. So... Anybody yeah, want to add anything before that. we start off? Yeah, my yeah, take on I that, Chase. Oh. oh, sorry. Go ahead. You go first. I just first, wanted Dylan. to give guest. a shout out. Uh, hey, Julian Barbary, thank you for the very kind words. That's it. So has right. has the guy who made these clips stated intent anywhere? Well, that's what I was saying. Uh, it's two different people who did it. The first one is a guy. His last name is Lafab. Uh, he's from Montreal, Quebec, and he I did find an interview with him from 2012 when he first released it. Uh, he had released it uh, at film festivals kind of like we did, won some awards, things like that. Um, I'm a pussy. Who thinks I'm a pussy? <laughs> Back to the point. So did he, did he state in turn? He, or he, he only he said kind of that, that he was putting it out for... Not because he was some evil Luciferian guy or something like that. He said that he put the imagery and stuff in there to get people to think. Uh, he was trying to explain it as a, as a journey, and that's that the Christ-like figure is that kind of a thing. That the whole the whole storyline as it's going through is a story uh, of a journey of awakening, and by the end, the person is supposed to be enlightened. I guess you would say so. 
there you go. Well, it, it, this all started with the first, like pet goat one or whatever it was, and it was all around the the bush fiasco, right? That was the, the correct. Genesis. Correct. The, the original book was called the pet goat. The bush was reading with the children in the classroom on the day of nine eleven. So as I so, as I was so explaining the intent, earlier, the intent there is clear, I think, right? He's pointing out all the nonsense uh, that you can see through that the media is shoveling a different way, or at least that's how I took the first one. Is he showing all the inconsistencies with what actually happened, with what we're told happened? Yeah, you know, I I think if if nothing else, he's pointing out how things are going down. Like he he obviously recognized that. So he had to contrast it with the creepy animation because if he didn't, we would all be thinking like he was a whistleblower showing us what's going on and it's all good. But because some of that animation is so weird and creepy it's kind of like you said it's got that it's got that weird energy even though he's exposing a lot of great things about it you know he does and and he points out a lot of the first one has a lot of uh, historical stuff in it there's an imagery from uh, Tiananmen Square for instance like there's a lot of stuff in it but uh, let's just go through it we'll watch it cover to cover and then we'll uh, we'll start breaking it down from there all right, so this is something new I learned today. Let's see if I can actually make this work correctly. Let's hope so. But by the way, if he's guessing, if he's just guessing on this last one, he's not doing the people of the Middle East any favors. <laughs> no, that's for certain. All I'm right. not sure I'm down with that. I think this is working right. We got sound. Oh, I'm going to have to risk. Okay, everything's that. working good, so here we go. And this is about seven minutes long, if I remember correctly. Vote me one. Vote me 
All right, everybody back. <clears throat> oh, we're here, all right. All right, so I'm going to kill the volume here and restart this. Anybody got anything they want to add before we start back in again? Well, just that heliophant is like a play on the hierophant, you know, so it's kind of like the high priest or like a solar priest, sun priest. There you go. There you go, like right off the bat. <laughs> the thing hasn't even started yet. Okay, so I've rewound us to the beginning here. We see six lights up at the top right there, barbed wire fences, a hole, dude with guy on the leash, a dog on a leash. Not sure what on the what's on the left there. Anybody figure out what that is? Um, is that a doorknob maybe? Yeah, well, I'm not sure based on the perspective. Yeah, it's kind of hard to tell what that perspective. Kind of like a fence post or something. Yeah, maybe. But obviously this is uh, showing a wall of some sort, a fence of some sort. So, all right. We'll move this forward. So, <laughs> first things first, we got the goat, big old bell around his neck, barcode on his head, big bright blue eyes. I don't even know if goats have blue eyes. Um, Show, demonstrating he's in a trance, I would say. Jump in as you want, guys, and I'll just keep pausing as we go along here. Yeah, so I'll, I'll just I'll start real quick. So basically what I see in that first scene is a goat, like you said, in a concentration camp with a barcode on its optic thalamus, which will be important for the, the further down, the um, further in the video. And that basically represents the commodification of the human being or in this case, the domesticated enslaved livestock, which is essentially what we're being turned to as this paradigm plays out like this. And it sticks its head out of a wooden crate among other wooden crates that the viewer can basically presume houses other animals like the goat, right? And that represents the scaling down, in my opinion, of the living space that is kind of like if you look at China and like all these places, how they're slowly corralling us into cities and making us live on top of each other rather than uh, in the open. And like you said, that box has a stick figure drawing of a guy walking a dog on it that says woof. And that's basically like mockery that were their pets or as Mark Passio says, they're dogs and dog is God backwards, right? Yeah. Dogma. <clears throat> Dogma pertains to beliefs, but it's also associated with religion and the Greek word for dog is phonetically and symbolically linked to the Hebrew word for priest. And like you said, Jason, that goat has a bell on his neck, <laughs> which is the Chaldee, the great confounder. Hmm. That's where the word Baal came from in Hebrew, and that's that means the Lord, and that's why we pay Baal, or we're free on Baal if we ever get in trouble. And like you said, the ghost is hypn uh, the goat is hypnotized, and his those eyes like spirals kind of suggest the m influence of mind control. And I'm not sure if the bell's color matters. But it looks like it was lead. It's not like a bright, shiny silver. And if it's lead, then lead thwarts light. And mm. the goat is like shaking his head or whatever, right? And he like cries out, which shows to me shows the situation is non-consensual. That's how. That's what I have for you. Anyone else? Not uh, the, the the word "woof" also encodes six 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 in it. The O O F is six six six. If that. Uh, you know, means anything to anybody. 
<laughs> All right, so Illuminati confirmed. <laughs> so where I paused at here, uh, right, right after the uh, title is getting off, we see what we could take as a pair of demon hands, I guess you could say, or devil's hands. But uh, it, of course, it's got a ring on with the, with the dollar sign, holding the uh, puppeteers. What do you? What, 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 those have a real name? I don't even know. Uh, it is the shape of an X, though, so there's some it Saturnian is. type of symbolism right in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, Day it's... 10. Yep. And, yeah, I don't know if there's a proper name for those handles that they use to control puppets or not, but uh, that's definitely what that is. So that's telling you somebody else is in control. Right, exactly. Nice gold dollar sign ring. Bankers. Yep. Of course, showing who the, who the puppet masters are off the bat. This is actually why I thought this video was good. Like, it's like, oh, he's like showing basically the power structure. That's not bad, right? Yeah, right. All right, let's move forward a little bit. All right, he's yanking the strings. And of course, here we have a very sleepy looking George W. Bush dunce cap on in a black silhouette, but with red lighting obviously implying that he's a complete dunce the implication is and whether this is true or not i guess is up for everyone to decide for themselves but he saying that he's a dunce he's a dummy he's completely being controlled by those uh the bankers i was just we just mentioned right and you'll notice the uh the color scheme choice black and red always black, white, and red with a lot of these different ideas uh, that relates uh, to different Freemasonic ideas as well. Uh, so, yeah, you could kind of see how that relates, and that dunce cap could actually kind of double as a horn if you want to look at it that way, too. Right. It's also kind of sad. Like, look at his face right there. He looks like he's he doesn't want to be there. He's lost mm. little child. And Not the second control. they snap... Yeah, the second they snap the light on, he turns into a professional. And it's almost like... It, this is like the part of the video that kind of really creeps me out. Is it's like... Oh, it almost makes part? me feel bad for someone like George Bush. Like, his dad probably sold him into this garbage, you know? To pay a price. He almost looks possessed. He's a marionette at first, and then he kind of just snaps into line. Right. <clears throat> All right, let's move yeah. forward a little bit. Kabloom, okay, he's comes to life. He's performing for everyone. Uh, of course, we have the Masonic checkerboard. Uh, in the back there, obviously, we see a hangman where they were playing. It looks like it's supposed to say revolution. Three hearts. Uh, let's see. The shark, who looks like kind of like Jabberjaw. And we can't see it here, but there is a... There's a penis and testicles, and then um, let me move forward a little bit. Uh, the woman's wearing purple. I think the blue is supposed to be the the, the NPC-like heads of the children. Uh, I see them. Let's see. There's snowflakes. Map of the United States. Uh, let's see. A heart torn in two with a brain torn in two with a dragon-like thing attacking attaching attacking it, and. A heart? I think that's, I think that's a lightning bolt, actually, Jason. Uh, that would make sense. Well, lightning bolt for the brain, but on the right, there's like a dragon-like creature. Oh, okay. I see, see what you mean. Yeah, there, there is a lightning bolt. Yes, and then I think what looks like a breakdown of the human heart, 
And the teacher just looks kind of like nonchalant, not really there. Anybody got anything else here? Well, so the black and white checkered floor, that's the duality of base consciousness. So like one of the ways they mock people is to say that, you know, they're roaming the floor of the house. This is obviously from the Masonic tradition. Um, and like you said, those brains hemispheres, whether it's a lightning bolt or not, it looks like they're being split in half, which to me, again, suggests that mind control as well as the duality. And that dragon, I looked at that, it's kind of like a, it, I, originally I just thought of it as the black dragon, which is another symbol of Saturn. But the more I look at, at it, it's kind of like almost like a really dark green. But then I could also see why they did that so it wouldn't blend into the black background of the brain or whatever. So it's hard to say, but it looks like it's preying on it. And uh, that teacher sitting in her chair in the shadows, she's wearing a purple dress, which suggests she is not in duality because purple is the balancing of that red and blue masculine and feminine, uh, you know, Republican, Democrat type hemispheres. So it's also a kind uh, of royalty. Yeah. yeah the, the archetype of mastery. So that's mm -hmm. that's what that represents. So that would that, be the person in control in this particular uh, part of the film here. The map over there seems to be marking uh, New York City, but it's got four other places visibly marked. I tried to look to see if I could like figure out anything on that. I couldn't, but one of the things, this is probably not, has nothing to do with it, but just with the snowflakes and like they're right under the map of the United States, like that word snowflake kind of became a term that was used a lot for liberals in the past four years. And it's almost like the snowflake turning America as a whole into this like politically correct snowflake society where everybody's well, offended by everything. I, maybe, awesome. I got, maybe I got the pins. So is that Oklahoma dead center? Is that the Oklahoma City bombing? And then is that where Katrina came ashore? And then down in Florida, is that where they fake train the terrorists to fly? It's all um, George Bush centric. Maybe. I don't uh, just know what another, the one in the ocean is. You know. Now, another little point here: those snowflakes you see, each of them has six sides to it. So there, there's three sixes again. Uh, so the there's, there's the numbers. The what's that symbol over the F stand for? Yeah, I looked that up. F equals negative F, but I couldn't find anything online. There's like a half pharaoh over each F. Is that some kind of a? mathematical symbol that I'm not familiar with. Hmm. Good one. Not sure. Don't know. Above uh, America is an owl, and that's historically symbolic of staunch conservative factions that are running the show, like that you see at like Bohemian Grove and all that. And, um, you know, mystics like to use owls because they can see through the dark or in the dark and from a superior vantage point. The owl is also an ancient symbol of Isis as well, just as an interesting aside there. And that's yeah. uh, largely why it's been adopted by those groups. Now, suit jackets normally only have two buttons, don't they? When it, if, unless they're like a full uh, old school button all the way up. And then I see it has three buttons, but maybe I'm reading too much into that. I don't know if there's significance to that. I'm sure there probably is. <laughs> uh, just what that is, I wouldn't be able to say. I also think it's funny how, like, on the hangman, the hank, he's almost out of, like, uh, it's almost the end of the game, and it says evil, like evil illusion, right? But evil is the one that's filled in, so it's kind of like saying George Bush is evil, or at least this whole process that's happening is evil. Mm. Love inverted. 
They're also about to show you that they're all the same because they morph them right into the next guy. Yep. All right, so moving forward. Does anybody know what like the burning house and like the the shark and the either urinating penis or ejaculating penis means on the chalkboard? Well, the burning house, I could kind of take that literally like, hey, our house is burning down with these people. Yeah. Um, well, the three hearts on it, you'll see those three hearts on Jesus Christ later in the, the show. Well, these are the philosophers of fire, and they're, that's their calling card is the fire. Uh, so that's also – that goes concurrent with uh, uh, the penis on the, ch the chalkboard there too that you're talking about. That's also a symbol of fire or the sun. These things are all symbols of fire and the sun. Uh, it's their calling card. It's the philosophers of fire. These are the people that are in the positions of power. These are the, the ones in the secret societies at the topmost levels that control a lot of uh, our governments and different aspects of you know policies in our world. So that's their calling card. And you'll notice that the light um, changes shape on the floor too. It goes from an X to a star, like to a five-pointed star uh, as the light comes on there. Is that supposed to be a great white shark? Is that the idea? Maybe, yeah. And they're sitting well, on the chairs. Enough. I don't know if that has Great any relevance or not. That might be also a symbol of water as well, because we see the fire and the water. They always got to get the dualistic ideas in there, and uh, that that could also be a calling card. Because uh, you'll notice later on, we'll, we'll see where uh, there's the idea of fish at the end of the video as well. Uh, so I'm sure all these things interconnect. It could be a, a like a foretelling of things to come. And uh, like I said, I would equate it to uh, water symbolism more than anything with the shark, probably. All right. Uh, just just because you said the great white, Chrome said the great white, um, around the time that this happened, where like the original pet goat, where, when 9-11 happened, there was the station nightclub fire and the band that was headlining it was great white. Great white. That was here. I was here in the state of Rhode Island. Yeah, my best that. friend died in that. Mm. My best friend was the youngest person to die in that because he uh, his band opened for them. And he was like the only one of his brothers and his bandmates that didn't make it out. Wow. So that might be something. Interesting. All right. We'll move this up a little bit. Somebody said the teacher looks like Oprah, too. I could, I could see that. <laughs> a little bit, I guess. They seem to be pushing the possession idea, which you see again as he turns into Obama. Yeah, now here we can see... Uh... Yeah, I don't know. That particular shark symbol looks kind of familiar, but it's not striking any specific belt Looks like me. Jabberjaw from the cartoon. That's what I said, yeah. It looks like Jabberjaw. And then, of course, the hangman is... Uh, I thought it was revolution. It's just evolution. That was my, my mistake there. But we can see the pins better now. So we have... Uh, what looks like New Orleans-ish with a red so pin. Katrina. Yeah, so could, well, I wonder if this is supposed to be Katrina, and then we have a... Yeah, that's got to be definitely New York up there, like you said, mm -hmm. Katrina. And then what's the one so left? So if it's all Oklahoma? New Orleans... If that's it's all George Bush-centric, then Oklahoma is the Oklahoma City bombing, and the only thing I can think of in Florida is that supposedly the fake terrorists were fake trained to be fake pilots. And that other thing, what would that be? That can't be Cuba. I'm not sure what that thing in the ocean is. Is that well? Is that from like the oil spill? Didn't there like uh, there, was. Like a, uh, there was there was oil spill. Yep. That's what it's got to be. Yeah. There it is. Okay. And that, that thing in Florida might not actually be a pin. It might just be a like a body of water or something. Yeah, I was wondering that. All right, let's 
move up a little bit here. Oh, yeah, it's not a pin. I rolled it forward. It's Yeah, you're right. It's not a pin. So that all makes sense. It's just Bush-centric takeover nonsense. Right. So here we go. He's... He's trying to pontificate, doing it badly, screwing up. So, of course, he bows out with doing the Mono Coronato. And he... Does the Exorcist. Another possession thing. Yep. Now, this is something I always thought about Obama, that the joke was on And he's also, he's also a vampire. You'll notice vamp Obama. Well, he's got he the, can't uh, help himself from those the, the, the hand signs. <laughs> yep, there it is. Look, look at his teeth. He's got vampire tooth. Yeah. He's got the, uh, the mortar and pestle board, uh, purple. The, the ribbon, is that the same the color as the castle. chairs? The pinkish purple, maybe? So he's he got the big old smile, the big old fake smile he always had, and he's laughing at us because the joke was always on the, us with him. I always well, thought that about he winked. The teleprompter is telling him to laugh. I guess Roll it forward and you'll see the see-through teleprompter says LOL, yeah, which LOL, is yeah. also 11, which is also right over the inverted love or evil. All right, so the scene's about to change, and we're we're here with uh, the little blonde girl with the apple. She's sitting in a circle. Around is this the... Alice in Wonderland? That's Alice. There's yeah. the white rabbit. Looking yeah. right That's what I was assuming, Alice. Yeah, there's the white rabbit behind her. So I guess the circle Spotlight. is supposed to go, about to go down the rabbit hole, perhaps. But on the left here, we have a stag. Uh, this I is noticed that, a, too. That's also a soft representation of Eve from the Garden of Eden with the apple as well. Um, that's what that represents there as well. Uh, there's a, yeah, there, I see the stag there on the left. Uh, there's the white rabbit in the background. And a tulip on the right. And a tulip on the right. And those little, uh, other children, I guess, type things behind her. Uh, they kind of look kind of alien, don't they? Uh, and yeah, some of them have holes. And they're, they're like, wrapped up in barbed wire too. Yeah. Claymation. Hmm. But like when you see the stag, it kind of, it's always going to take me back to what, you know, uh, Robert Taylor harped on, which is that's Bethsaida. That's the house of the hunter, Sagittarius, which is ruled by Jove or Jupiter. And that's yeah. the end of fall or the fall of man to kind of correspond to what Wayne was saying about uh, the soft Eve representation. That's the house of Nimrod and the beginning right. of Babylon. You'll also notice there's 12 figures sitting in the background, and two of them, their heads are conjoined together, so that would represent Gemini. Um, yep. So I guess these represent the Zodiac, these 12 figures sitting behind her. So, okay, they're, they're demonstrating a change of scene now because they're, they're darkening it again. Spotlight on Alice holding the apple. And she's in white, though, so that's that kind of reminds me of the Kulum, which are like the virgin priestess. And the root word of that pertains to like the dove symbolism that you see in Columbus and Columbia. And the dove symbol that uh, Lady Gaga wore today on her uh, dress, her uh, uh, black, white, and red dress she was wearing 
at the inauguration and a gold dove pin. Having that creepy so, piece of trash there tells me everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, hadn't, I didn't watch it. Yeah, no, I didn't watch it either. Down. I just knew. I, I just caught the uh, a video of her singing the national anthem on there. And that's, of course, she was decked out in full Masonic colors with a big giant gold dove pin on her. So there you go. Do you guys uh, know what that gold circle she's in is? Because I couldn't help but notice that there's a second sun. dash. Like there's a dash on the floor away paint. from the... It looked um, like it was paint. I think it's, I think it's a sun because when the apple rolls away, it goes into a semicircle of white, which could be the moon. So that could be the circle dot with the dot pulled out. But you notice that the zodiac is bound in uh, wire. Yeah. In barbed wire, but you can tell the one next to Alice has a fishtail. You can see the other one's Gemini. There's 12 of them, but they're also the apostles, I believe. Um, as you roll forward, I think there's reason to believe that they're the apostles. All right, so here we are at the apple. Let's roll this forward. You got to tell me where you stop it because I got to roll it on a different reader. Um, at the apple, stopping by paint on the floor and someone's boot, I think that is, under a, that's, on that's a Obama's silver-toed boot. He had silver-toed yeah. boot I'm in the first the scene. But... Is. Uh, looks like a, the seasons. It looks like the, the, the uh, what do you call it? The cross with the circle around it. That looks like an inverted number seven on the floor. And that's what I was thinking. A when... C. And so that would be 3G if you just reverse them numerologically, which would be like the cell phone service back then. It could mm -hmm. also be LC. It could be 33. Um, right. It could also be a moon, and Alice was sitting in a sun circle. Yeah, that looks like it could possibly be a crescent moon. Yeah, I, I can but see you're that. But you're about to get a lotus out of an apple. Right. But it doesn't grow normally. It grows out of two different seeds and comes into one. Lotus. And Osama, I mean Obama, doesn't like it. No, he doesn't. The two seeds growing together into one there. One world idea. Yeah, it's it's the uh, the idea once again of the reunification of the opposing forces. All right, so we're pulling out of the schoolhouse. What does that say? Does that say Psalm something? Oh, it's Psalm twenty-three. So if I'm not mistaken, the Lord is my. Sh it's the Lord's prayer, isn't it? Psalm twenty-three. Do you know? Yeah. The Lord is my shepherd. Uh, I shall not I believe so. Yeah. The, the the famous quote from that is um, it's the one where uh, yea I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil for thou art with me thy rod and thy staff they comfort me no that's I just looked it up it's it's the Lord it's the Lord is my shepherd Psalm that's 20. the title of it that's the title of it what I just quoted is in in the Lord is my shepherd the song oh okay I see what you're saying okay so we get along. which is interesting because it's kind of like Obama, remember his slogan when you played it backwards? It was, it was yes, we can, and you reversed it, and it would say, thank you, Satan. 
And so it's kind of like saying that that's his Lord and Shepherd is Satan. Uh, the lightning bolt appears. That's, that's what I'm saying. The lightning bolt is on the M and Satan fell like lightning. And it's right. I, I was going to dismiss that. But because on that graffiti, they changed the color of the M for that lightning bolt. It's not a mistake, you know. No, it's definitely there, and it's intended. And then you could see the American flag ripped asunder, um, and blowing the in the hour. breeze. The yep. hour. It's midnight. Now, is that supposed to be Big Ben? It looks a little like that. Could be. It could just be a gen, generic clock tower. clock tower. Save the clock tower. And then in the background, it looks like we have what well, they look like snow packing, but it's there's lights in them like people live in them well the uh just real quick to return to uh, that lotus that's in in um the hieroglyphics lotus is a symbol of heaven or upper egypt and so that apple is also symbolic of apollo which is the winter sun so you can kind of see heaven blooming from hell or summer blooming from winter or upper G egypt blooming from lower egypt or the sacred tongue blooming from the vulgar tongue and that's why you see like Horus depicted on lilies or lotuses, along with like Krishna, Buddha, Brahma, etc. And so that lily is also the Florida Lee, which is a symbol of royalty. And outside, it's like an ice age because winter is coming. They've been kind of broadcasting that to us for like the past ten years. Yeah. Oh, and it's it, a dark winter, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and in midnight would correspond like if you were to turn the zodiac into a clock, midnight would correspond to the beginning of Capricorn or the solstice. Well, thanks to the uh, thanks to the chat room, Brock, Brock also spelled B-A-R-A-Q, is given name of Semitic origin as a Hebrew name from the root R-Q, also Arabic at meaning, and appears in the Hebrew Bible, <coughs> excuse me, as the name of the ancient Israelite general Barak. Hmm. Yep. So there's a tip from the chat room that works out, and that does speak directly to what we're seeing in the imagery. Um, all right. So let's roll this forward. All right, so here we go. We've got industrial uh, imagery of an industry in the background. Water. The fence is broken off going into the water. Interesting. Uh, it looks almost like a moon on the left there, eh, Crow? I'm trying to figure out where we are here. Yeah, let's see. And in the background, 7-Eleven is a part-time job. 7-Eleven oh, is yep. also a 9-Eleven in code. Okay. The tower's in the background. You're right at where the towers are coming down. Okay. Now, is that do you think that's supposed to be the Twin Towers? or? Oh, absolutely. No <laughs> doubt about <laughs> it. Look where they've been Look at hit. the smoke. Yep. Hit. And watch how they collapse. And yep. When we get that far. There we go. There's the collapse. Then there's the little. Is that a sacrifice? Is that what that is? The little demon dude diving Dancing in. And, yeah. Well, so you see that guy throughout. Remember, like towards the end, he's changing masks like all the time, like every like every move he makes. But then on a different face. Yeah, but then the the only location is he's seen is also which they show uh, Kali, the Hindu goddess of liberation, real quick, hmm. right? But this kind, this right here, kind of remind me of the dancing Israelis. Yeah, that's what I just thought of. Yeah. All right, so here we are up to the boat. 
with it at the head of Anubis. This is where we have our, our Christ-like figure. Uh, he's got no fire on him yet, and he is asleep on his journey. We have Osama bin Laden leading the... Uh, face the CIA agent with fire yep. in his beard. Yep, yep, with the faceless army there. And the fact that he's wearing a patch with the CIA, that to me is like another good... <laughs> Like, like that would be another ch check in the pro column. Like, he's definitely alerting people back then. Sure, yeah. Now the, uh, well, the moon looks a little bit on the sinister side, but uh, that could also be the Islamic symbol, kind of, sort of. Uh, yeah, ISIS. The, the troops in the background look almost like the uh, the all-seeing eye kind of thing. And the mountains well, in the looks background like are... clips look going on. Now we have the yeah. uh, the oil industry in the background as this continues. And uh, that iceberg looked like a spear with Bin Laden at the tip of the spear. Yes. Now we're focusing in on the Statue of Liberty, the, uh, the Star of David is pedestal. Yep, and Liberty is collapsing. Oh, look, there's a vortex above the, uh, the Luciferian light fire. See, there's a vortex above it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there is. All right, so now we're into a, a fetus with a... Uh, looks almost like a serpent. That's the Orphic egg. There we go on the hand. Okay. So the television, the demonic television, is going to have control of the mind right from the get-go, I think they're telling us. Anubis. All right, so we have a little bit of fire on the Christ figure. Where kind of... are you at on here now? Okay, there. I think I'm just about caught up to you here. All right, I posted have... at the uh, the Christ figure's close up on the face. Let's see when we get there. It's kind of like a car on yep. a tight boat. He's like crossing the river, Lisi. Mm -hmm. And uh, Anubis. Yeah, and Anubis is the conductor of souls, and that gave way to Hermes and subsequently Mercury, which is the messenger of the god. And so then that kind of transferred to Jesus, the good shepherd, who's basically a conductor of souls and the messenger of God. All right, so let's roll this forward. We have the demon, devil, whatever you want to call it, almost like a djinn in the television, hooting and hollering. Yeah, that would be probably your social media. <laughs> I think so. Well, not, not necessarily social media, but media in general, just a, uh, right. a unified sim symbol for the, the media poisoning the brain, because here we have the uh, the figure... With the headphones. And the technology, and the cell phones, all of that stuff all tied in, too. It's the technocratic, the technocratic snake. See how it's tied right to the brain of the, the child there? Yeah, but do you see what's on the ground? It's controlling it. Uh, where are we at here? Hold Pills. On. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. Hey, do you notice how one of his eyes is gone? So it like went from that transition from the one eye where Jesus' eyes were closed, but he has the, the eye of providence on his optic thalamus. And now you have the dark occultist in the media with one eye doing the sorcery to this little kid with the pharmacia. Hmm. 
And the kid's wearing yellow. Yellow and white. Maybe some significance to that. So, moving this forward, we, we see the square and compass looking uh, stealth fighters. And they are bombing. Oops, I paused in a bad spot. What is that? The, there. the church? Oh, that's the Islamic temple, maybe? Yeah, that's the Islamic temple. Okay, let's get it now. There's a bridge in the background on the right. Are, looks kind of like a city. Let's see. Yep. Yeah, okay, so that is the uh, Islamic. Moon. Right. The bats flying out. The heart of the Christ figure is glowing much stronger now. We had a, uh, I guess, supposed to be a moth, would we say? Yeah, I would guess that was supposed to be a moth. Moths to the flame. All right, there's that figure again for just a second. All right, now here we have wailing. Wailing over the child. Is that supposed to be an atomic explosion in the background? Uh, let's see. Wailing of the child. Uh, yeah, it might be. That looks like it could be a mushroom cloud. Um, just to go back to what Wayne was saying about the, the white and the yellow, white, this is going back to like Egyptian times, so I don't want to like give these things too much credit. Like I think a lot of these videos we are making this like way better than it actually is with all of our knowledge. <laughs> but, uh, but like the white, I mean, sorry, the yellow is kind of like the feminine counterpart to the fire. It's like the red or like the bright orange is like the heat and uh, the white is like the feminine um, aspect of the fire. And then right, they look like the invisible portion of the fire. Yeah. That's why you see like the, like in hieroglyphics, you'll see the women's flesh depend, uh, depicted in, uh, like a yellow, soft yellow, and then the men's flesh is in some are depicted as like a russet, like kind of more like of a copper tone. And um, the white is kind of like a symbol of the abandonment of spiritual darkness, like going to onto a path of like, you know, purity and initiation and stuff. And so as you see those colors, while the TV's demonic TV's finally getting ripped out of him, it's like he's going to be able to start new, like a new path. Now this almost like a Mary figure because there's a halo but but she's wearing black she's got an orb of some kind in her hand I'm trying to figure out I can't really make it out it looks like a looks like a, a little alembic that's what it looks like in her hand a little purple alembic could be yeah and you know that that harkens back to alchemical ideas then and you'll notice her halo is red yeah. um, so that's kind of symbolic too and it looks like uh, in the background where you're looking at what looks like that nuclear explosion, if you're looking in the sky over there, it looks like rings circling it. So yeah. that could be kind of a Saturnian-type idea. That could also Once be the again, vortex there. that Crow noticed earlier. That could be, yeah. Yeah, and then, of course, we have the child wrapped in bloody bandages. Let's move this forward. Right. Now, that might not be snow, by the way. It, it occurred to me that could be ash, too. Yeah, nuclear yeah. winter. Yeah. Okay, so now we're on the child's face. Uh, looks very wooden, and the left eye is. Uh, Let's see. 
It's a bug crawl, a scarab of some sort. I don't know what exactly you would call the eye there. That's interesting. Is that the, oh, wait a second. Is that supposed to be the symbol for uh, child abuse? That symbol that they use when they are pedophiles? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's not definitive enough for me to say that, but it wouldn't be surprised because I actually had a friend who, you know, he's won awards and they've been brought to the UN and stuff. Not that that's a, a, a something to be proud of, but like who specializes in going into war zones to protect children who have been human trafficked. And that's like where the biggest human trafficking occurs is in war zones. Oh, uh, Rico in the chat room said that that is a Muslim tear bottle. They cry into bottles after loved one's death. I did not know what I oh, heard of that. Interesting. So sad. So we have the beetle well, crawling around on him. Well, that's a scarab, and a scarab is, uh, a, you know, a symbol of resurrection uh, in the ancient Egyptian uh, symbology. And of cancer. All right, so we move up. The zodiac sign. Yeah, yeah. So this looks like we're we're dealing with some sort of African people now, uh, but they're possessed. <laughs> Using AK-47. Or they're partly robots. Well, it's like giving the little kids the guns. You know how they see them? You see them do that in uh, Africa, where like the little kids are like killing people and stuff. Skull and crossbones on the on the man, uh, upside down cross. And he's got a pink ribbon. There's that same color again, or or close enough. Undoes it, and all of a sudden, there goes the flower. All right, so I guess this is a symbol of the everyman, the working man. That pearl necklace is kind of disturbing too. So this is a hammer and sickle, obviously, uh, in the in the green goo. What does it say? I'm hey guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave me on the call. I'm gonna tag out. I gotta get a video done for the release of Wayne's episode tonight. I'll be back in a bit. Okay. Sure thing. All right. All right. So I got it paused on the. Uh, the with working, the hammer and the sickle. The working there. man with the hammer and sickle, yeah. He's, he's got the plaid shirt on. I cannot make out what's on the tattoo. Juanito. Juanita, there it is. Juanito, I think, which means little Juan, or Juan could be green language for one, like little one. Right. And uh, I would say uh, being buried in this green goo, and it's the hammer and, and sickle, so that's indicative of, uh, well, it's talking about communist ideologies, first of all. Yeah, and it's how, how, Right, how it's toxic and it's ultimately going to meet its end, uh, but it's the children that will be the ones, uh, the children of the people that institute it, that'll be the ones that, that see its end and have that uh, negative ending to it. Uh, that's what I think that's symbolizing there. And what else have we got in this? hard to make out some of these things i'm gonna move it up a little bit yeah and i tried to zoom in on that scarabus was that like a an, an eye of providence on the shell yeah of the there, scarabus? Was, there was something just, on the back just of it, but a I couldn't make triangle it out. i couldn't figure it out I, I couldn't see it uh and i can't really i can't really uh, do any kind of rewinding or anything on this the way this is uh patched in through obs so i stopped at the tanks now we have of course have, it makes it look like the uh the all-seeing eye and they look aggressive. This is the Thanks. Tiananmen Square symbol, symbolism. Uh, almost looks like fingers encompassing around the solitary figure with the white flag. And then you got your circle with the dot and its symbology represented there too. And the yin yang, you can see the yin yang kind of echoed there as well. Um, 
What else do I we think see? this was made back in the day when the left was actually anti-war. <laughs> Eight years ago, <laughs> nine years ago. <laughs> like these like social justice warriors actually used to make sense. Uh, they made sense at some point. <laughs> well, just like generally, know you know, <laughs> remember how like anti-war the left was when Bush was president? And then like the second Barack Obama became president, the left loved war again. Well, they're about to do it again now that we have another ding-dong Democrat. Yeah. The same exact stuff is going to get done, but they're going to paint it with a different brush. Oh, I see why uh, the it's girl, right now. The girl has a tiger on her back. She on the does. She's got a red there. belt. Uh, does that mm-hmm. symbolize China? What is that a symbol for again? Yeah, the, I think, I think it's supposed to be the Chinese dragon kind of a thing, or the Chinese tiger. Um, cause this is, again, and then there's like that paper tiger. So I can't. Well, this is reminiscent again of the Tiananmen Square thing. So Chinese symbology makes sense. And then death, of course, is now. Here's what's interesting. I, I paused it where she's turning around. She's got the uh, the biohazard symbol on one side and a heart on the other. And death is about to smite her. Let's see. Where's this oh, is that who that is? That's death. That's death. That's what the guy said. Now that looks a lot like the uh, the Mexican dance of death. I forget exactly what it's called. That's what it reminds me of. <laughs> but when I heard the interview with the guy who made this film, he said that he was just representing death. Awfully gotcha. fancy I death, it was like especially with the fireworks going on. Yeah, that could he's be, celebrating yeah, death. <laughs> yeah, the he's got the the top hat, hat and, like a magician or like a, a banker, or like dark occultist. You know, right, right, yeah. And he's, he's like, got the red bolo tie on too. That, that kind of that looks kind of like the Mexican Day of the Dead thing to me. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. She puts her head down. Fireworks. And that's it. I guess she's gone. Well, what is he communicating to her? Isn't it kind of like, listen, you? It's to me when I looked at this, I was like, oh, it's almost like she has to lower her head, knowing that she works for him. You know, and that's kind of like what the left is in general. Is they, it's controlled opposition, all of it. Well, yeah, and it looked like it was a celebration of death because if you saw there were fireworks going off, he had a party, uh, whatever those things are called, the little blower, blower things, and he had a cape on that was red-lined, and he had the top hat on, so he was dressed up death, celebrating whatever you want to call it. All right, so moving along, we're back to still a sleeping Christ figure, but there's a lot more. Oops. You need to move forward. Still asleep. Still in a daze while these things are going on around him. I think this might be the part where he wakes up after he comes out. Okay, so the... uh, It looks like there's fire by his feet. Yeah, there's fire by his feet, and then uh, around his heart he's still got it. So it's almost like the uh, spiritual fire is awakening kind of thing. And then we right. jump back to the kid. Looks like looks like he's older now, more tormented. Uh, still got the uh, the demonic television plugged into his noggin. The is serpent. he flying on a bong? Is that what that is? I can't tell. <laughs> I think he was flying on a bong. All right, so we jump up <laughs> to the Christ figure coming through. What would you call this? I mean, Someone said like... in the chat, he's meditating, not sleeping. <laughs> well, that that could be. Yeah, could be. I mean, this this is very interpretive. So, it's interpretive dance. You're just not advanced enough. Looks like he's passing through several panes or frames. 
Whoosh goes the fire. Yeah. Kind of like a ceiling coming down from a ceiling or something. So this is perhaps the through the different panes because it's that, that is the sky uh, that that's represented in the background there. That almost reminds me of a mouth, like a back of a throat kind of thing. And here he comes, and he breathes fire. Me, yeah, it kind of represented like this is because it looks like it's happening in the throat, right? Where right. the voice comes from. So he's now becoming like the word of God. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of kind of what it reminded me of. Well, he did word. spit fire, so maybe there's some tied it. You know, that's tied Spits together. Oh, you can see the spiritual fire rising up through the chakra system, up to the throat chakra. Now, that's what that would represent. The fire. You saw how it came up from the feet and up through uh, the different parts to the heart, uh, to like the solar plexus chakra and up to the throat chakra. Now. All right, we will move forward here. Things are collapsing down in the cave as he's moving through it. Here we have Shiva, I think, right? The goddess of destruction. No, that's Kali. Kali. It's a it's a female, I think. I, I could be mistaken, but to me, I think it's. I thought it was Kali, okay. but I could be wrong. I was thinking uh, Shiva because of the the destruction that we were seeing, but I could be wrong there. Her feet. It looks just like a woman, though. Like the face looks like a woman. Yeah, it is very effeminate. Well, she, I mean, she it could a be a man, isn't it? But look, at, she sticks the tongue out, just like Kali. You might be right. Have to look that one up. I'm not sure. Well, isn't it? Uh, isn't it weird though that she's just in that one moment, and it, and then no other part, but in the same location where she just was. It's that crazy dancing guy who dove off the iceberg when the towers were falling. Remember that? Yeah. Now, now he's there. It looks like Shiva from the pictures I'm I'm looking at with the blue and everything. Let me look up Kali. You know, it really could be either one, but with the tongue sticking out, it, it might more likely be Kali. But it looks very yeah. similar, both of them, with the imagery that they used, because it was kind of a homogenized down version of it but all right so we're well, the thing along. that's throwing me off is the dancing because it's kind of like almost interchanging her with that dancing guy and that kind of reminds me do you guys ever see those videos with like cern when they were doing like those dances of destruction yeah, that's I what made exactly me think of shiva that's what remind me of that's what made me think of shiva yeah is is, is the cern thing yep all right uh, yeah i absolutely know what you're talking about with that that's that, that was does remind creepy. me of that. Whatever happened with that? There's just nothing. I mean, it just they just did that Here, and nothing. <laughs> well, yeah. who knows what they're really doing there? That's the problem. <laughs> who knows what they're really up to? All right, so we move up here. We have the fish jumping, black and white fish. Okay, what did that represent to you guys? Because it looks like prison fish, you know. You know, well, Jesus, the fisher of men. This is a Christ figure. Uh, the fish is definitely right. a symbol for Christianity, but yes, black and white, uh, almost like barcodes. So it's almost like a religion being a um, generic kind of a thing, control mechanism. It's kind of what I take from it. They're all jumping in the boat. Right, they're jumping in the boat. And, Fishing for uh, lost souls. Right. This is actually them being drawn to him now. Um Whereas they, they may have just been swimming along and not really well, yeah, knowing the, the master. What's that? He's, they're drawn to him because he's got the fire at his feet now. Right. The light, yeah. Just like fish in real life. 
Right, so now they're jumping out of the water, and once again you have this dichotomy of the water and the fire uh, that this, you know, this symbolism, these opposing symbolisms represent. So this is, uh, um, you know, the the fire philosophy uh, combining with the uh, the waters of faith philosophy. So this is the kind of idea. This is like the unification, the reunification of things, or the uh, building anew of uh, these. Uh, opposing ideas and bringing them together this would be represented by purple as a color the combining of the red and the blue because that's ultimately what red and blue symbolizes the fire and the water uh these opposing forces electricity magnetism uh masculine feminine these opposing ideas combined together and that's what this is the fire draws out from the waters uh the ones to bring together in unity again you guys seeing the three potential hearts in his uh his abs that kind of remember the three hearts on the chalkboard in the beginning now he's got yeah. like his abs of like, uh, yeah, hearts good catch i see that too yep all right so moving this forward we're, we're seeing the hand coming out of the clouds down to the lighthouse with the heart and a cross on top with a single beam coming out of it Yo, the chat is so lit. <laughs> I think the comments are so funny. <laughs> I'm looking at it as I can. Poison gate of modified fish. I mean, it's great. I, I, I want to talk about it, but like, I don't want to like ruin the show. Yep, here comes the hand down to, yeah. I honestly left this alone. I have no idea what that structure with the woman in it was on her period. Like the old woman. I don't know. Matter? Like the mother? Well, Matter, yeah. Yeah. Let's move this Imprisoned in matter in the material. Well, this is definitely representing an elderly woman. Um, I think right? this is the type of animation that really gives this video people gives people the heebie-jeebies because you see this and you're like, "What the hell are you trying to tell us right now?" You know, she's marking off the days. I just caught that. That was really quick on the uh, on the jump cut there. There we go. Okay, you see this? She's marking off the days. Yeah, right. so she's a prisoner, and then like her shoes have three pink X's on it. Yeah. So is that triple X? Is that like a sex slave? Yeah, yeah, could you know, be. maybe a slave to sex in general because we we see the menstrual blood. Uh, she's wearing black shoes for whatever reason with red socks, uh, naked on top with a dress with a I think a flower print on it. Her hair's tied in a bun. So it, it could just be a general representation of. The material and how we are, um, how how would you say, tied up with with sex is being uh, sold to us for every little thing, and they're just counting down the days. Yeah, caught in the uh, the, the material ways, world, the, the, the animal material. in our animal mind, our lower animal mind. All right, so I just wonder if the guy when he makes this, if he's kind of like doing some things random or if he's got intent in every single shape and line in this right like that that's what's so hard about this is it's like are we looking too much into something are we giving something too much credit like that cathedral when i first saw that and then people tied it to notre dame i was like no i'm not buying it but today when i was watching it I couldn't help but say you know it's got the gargoyle with the two yeah. beaming eyes like i really it it really does that that's the one part of this that I'm like maybe this is some sort of weird revelation of the method thing like the Illuminati cards 
Well, I would say just based upon what we see here, it definitely hits on certain archetypal ideas and it hits on uh, different themes throughout. And you can tell, I mean, it was purposely planned this way and some thought had to go into this. And if you're going to spend the time and the money to put this thing together like this, um, I would say probably everything represented in there is put there intentionally. So I wouldn't think, you know, that us breaking this apart how we are, we're probably still missing things. Uh, whoever was the brainchild behind this, whether it's this guy himself, as he claims, or if he had help putting it together, uh, whoever's behind this is very well schooled in esoteric things, in occult philosophy. Uh, so we could see the language of symbolism being used here in many different ways. And, uh, you know, I, I have the same concerns as you, Dylan. Are we really reading more into this than what the guy intended, and are we making more out of it than what it is? But I would say largely not. That stuff is there. It's definitely there for a reason. Now, who put it there? Who could say for sure? Uh, but there's definitely intention behind it. And uh, these things are known to certain uh, factions in, in this world. So, it, like, these aren't unknown co commodities that we're looking at here. Because if, if, if we could sit here and break this apart, imagine somebody who's much better versed in these things than we are. How much things they would be able to spot in there and maybe pick out the hidden meanings of so i would say that yeah it's definitely done on purpose and i think you're right that it's the latter like i don't think it's just this one guy i just don't i think uh i think he's kind of like the figurehead and just kind of like like yeah well when you look at how getting too crazy about it by just saying oh yeah this is this and this is that and that's what i did here when it really was something that was kind of maybe put out by more than one person Right, and that's that's my my impression I get from watching this because this is not something one individual would think up and put together, do all the animations and everything for, uh, and and put together this whole storyboard for it, and be able to do it in such a way as to uh, showcase all this symbolism and everything in there. Uh, I would say this had to be a group effort, and probably just as one guy as the figurehead taking the credit for it because things like this don't come together by accident or just, oh, I had this idea and, you know, we'll throw this together like this. Uh, whoever put this together had a deep knowledge of occult subject matter. Let's put it that way. And I could also see, like, the, the cathedral thing, like the artists actually not having any idea what that represents, but somebody else knew what that was going to represent down the line. I could see that. Right, and that's, that's how a lot of this stuff works. It's com compartmentalized. They may have... Uh, you know, gotten different artists to draw this stuff in, in specific ways and maybe gave them some ideas like, hey, here's a picture of uh, the Notre Dame Cathedral. Draw something similar to this, you know, and make sure you add in the such and such features uh, to make it so that you can tell that that's kind of what it is, but make it just different enough that it stands out more. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. So you, you could compartmentalize something like that, maybe hire an artist to draw a certain portion of this or do a certain animation, and they have no idea what's intended behind it or what the meaning is, but this is what they were commissioned to draw or to uh, animate and put together, so that's what they do. Imagine how terrifying it is being that artist, like where you, you made this not knowing what that was. And then like <laughs> when Notre Dame does happen, you know you can't talk about it. And you're like, oh, my God, all these people knew and they told me to do this. Seven years later. Yeah, and it's and it, it's it's also plausible deniability, isn't it? Because, you know, oh, it's just a coincidence or whatever. A lot of people would probably slough something like that off as coincidence. 
So, you know, and we'll see. I, I think it's the next one, the Pet Goat 3, uh, where we see um, the Eiffel Tower destroyed. Uh, and that's something that I've noticed in, you know, as a motif in other places, too, going back several years now. So I think there's definitely going to be, you know, something major as far as that goes at some time in the near future. We'll see. Uh, or that might have been, you know, just a soft indication about the Notre Dame Cathedral, too. I don't know. That's possible as well. But uh, yeah, there's you'll see a lot of that um, when you, you actually start to look at uh, the symbolism of the Eiffel Tower and that being destroyed in some way, shape or form. All right. So here we have Kali again. Move this up a bit. Kali You did that for a while. <laughs> All right, so we generic generic up, NPC looking dudes in suits. Shaboom. Alright, so I guess that's supposed to be the the masses, and here we have the Christ like figure waking everyone up and coming rising above. Destroying all those Agent Smiths. Oh, Mr. Anderson. It's kind of like Neo, the one. Juanito, little one. And here we have the television snake symbol running away. There's the broken off part of the head. And the person's standing up. He's an egghead. Oh, thinking for himself for the first time. Here we have the death character again. All right, we're back. We have we have a young boy who can't see his hands. What are we at here? Standing under, okay. the, dancing under the moon. <laughs> so is this the greater world we've been shown? I guess it's supposed to be. Uh, that the boy without the hands spinning that represents the whirling dervish and going up towards the moon the moon is a symbol of uh, physical manifestation is that the boy who is in his mother's arms with the bandages now like being resurrected possibly might have to compare yeah that might face. be alright so all right, now we have the character with the different face again. This looks like uh, almost like a South American or Central American figure now. Star on the chest, glowing. Feather on the on the mask. Hey, real quick, when they bomb Baghdad or whatever, pause it on the planes because I want to bring something up. Okay. You know, because um, remember remember the skull and bones on that that like African guy's arm. Yeah. Yeah. And George Bush is in Skull and Bones. Yep. I want to say something about those bombers when you see those bombers. Now, this character, I can't make Keck. out. The, I'm trying to figure out what the face is. <laughs> the first one was Keck. The character that's got this keeps changing his face. Right. I, I can't tell. The first face is a frog-like face, so that would be like your Keck kind of. Symbolic. Guys, is that a woman in the fire on the when he's got the look? Look at the fire when you paused it with the um, the frog face. Huh. Oh, it's maybe. The shape of a woman in the fire. Could be. Yeah, it could be. See, and it's very subtle things like that because oh. like it, it's on there for a fraction of a second that frame. 
Is that a plague mask? A plague doctor mask? Did we finally? I think get, it is the did, second did, mask. There we go. Is that the plague doctor? Did we finally get our our, our plague symbolism? I've been wondering if it was going to show up or not. Let's oh yeah. See. Hold on, that one was okay. Yeah, that is a plague doctor. I no see doubt. what you did there. All right, let's move this up. Everything is collapsing. Now we see the kind of the real face, I guess. All right, so here mm -hmm. we are. Here, here we are to Notre Dame. There's the gargoyle. What is this dome? What is this dome of like vines or whatever it is? You guys, did you think about that? Because I was like, what is? What are they trying to show here? Dome of vines. Very good question. So here we have. Yeah, I don't know. All right, so Christ is coming out of the vagina. A vagina. Mm -hmm. But there was a gargoyle above it. Oh. Or the matrix. The womb. All right, snapping awake, fire in the eyes. All right, I just paused it. So here. So is that Notre Dame or is it? Hold on, let's see. Let me get caught up to you here. It's not quite, but it's close enough that you have a hard time convincing me it's not And at this point. When I first looked at it, I, I dismissed it. But looking closer, you can see the windows and everything. And generally, that's like a standard kind of cathedral blueprint. So I could see how it's like you don't want our we don't want to be reifying our own beliefs here. You know what I mean? Like I, that's the last thing I want to do. Yeah, it's definitely representative of, like, say, the church age or something like that. It's a, definitely a cathedral. Um, it does look remarkably like Notre Dame, but uh, I don't know if we could uh, say for certain that's what it's intended to be. But uh, it's definitely an archetypal symbol. Eric said there's a man in the water beneath the Christ figure that we missed. We probably could do this six times in a row, and we're still going to miss stuff. <laughs> so well, much. That, that's the thing. There's so it's much just packed so in loaded. here. Because <laughs> well, they change the frame so quick, you don't get, you don't really, you really have to study this. It's hard. Yeah. Well, if you look in the upper left corner where it's paused right now, you could kind of see half of a face up there, uh, looking down too on the church there, on the cathedral. Oh yeah, kind of looks like. Uh, Looks like those NASA videos where there's like a giants in space. Mm -hmm. <laughs> By the way, on Something the cathedral, like that. is that a symbol of some sort? Like if you if you look at the cross, it is. You just I can't make out what it is. But yeah, I can't figure out what it is either. Simple there. It might be an angel. Right, I'm gonna move it this might forward. be an angel or like a, a phoenix type type thing. That's kind of how it looks. And it's crumbling. So the old church is crumbling away. The fire in the eyes of Christ. Let's see. What else we got going on here? Yeah, the church crumbling away. I think we're almost done. Yeah, it's, it should be right toward the end. This is the end. We missed the bombs on Baghdad. That's definitely a vagina. Okay, when did we miss the bombs on Baghdad? Oh, wasn't that towards the beginning, where where it was? It was like the. Um, you know what? Yeah, the yeah, yeah it was. It was the so stealth I'm bombers that I said like look like the square and compass. 
yeah, so yeah, that's that's exactly it. Those bombers look like the square, right? Like they look like drafting squares, mm-hmm. but on mm-hmm. them there are lights on them, and two of them have only two lights, and then the third one has three lights. And if you look at that in reverse, it's three twenty-two, which is free uh, the skull and bones, bones yeah. right? Which ties into that, but also Golgotha, the skull and bones, and that X represents the sun's ecliptic when it goes uh, above the equinox and below the equinox. So you see that symbolism in like St. Andrew's cross, all of that stuff. Um, so that is Golgotha or the Calvary cross, which literally comes from the Latin word calvarium, which means skull, the dome right, of the right. skull. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So here we are coming towards the end. He's approaching the, the light of enlightenment. I'm assuming this is supposed to be enlightenment is destroying the Illuminati pyramid types. Oh, and George Bush started the Iraq War on March 20th, so he started around that time, too. Hmm, okay. Sounds about right. Now, you see the, the, the sun and the sun symbolism there, the three pyramids. Uh, they're also symbols of the sun. And, and is that a scorpion in the clouds, or am I just seeing shit? I think that is a scorpion's scorpion tail, tail up there. Yeah, that might be. Very good catch. So that might be an astrological sign. That's Scorpio, yeah. Do we have anything else in the clouds? Which is like yeah. the fall. Interesting, interesting, okay. The gates, actually Scorpio is the gates of hell. That's when the five months of suffering or the five wounds of the lamb begin. All right, that's going to do it for that one. Yeah. And I don't think we have much time left for the second one. So. The second one's only four <laughs> minutes, so let's... Looks uh... flat to me. <laughs> Tango. <laughs> Let's see if what we can do with this one. Oh, man, this chat is golden tonight. All right, I'm going to start this. Let's restart this. So here's iPet Goat 3, the one that just came out. This one just This one looks like kind of like. Just like a muzzle, like this ache on it, like a muzzle trying to reverse the
hold on. Yesy in the chat nailed it. That's what I thought because she or he wrote, "I pet go dollar store edit." <laughs> this is this is this is the, is the, the wish version. And you know what I was gonna say about this? Because only probably Crow would get this because I grew up where he is. Is uh, we got a place called Job Lot. And I would, that's what I'd say. It's a do- job lot edit. You know, it's kind of like the dollar store. So starting this over, we can break this down probably pretty quickly because this one doesn't have anywhere near the intricacy of the other one. So they, no. uh, we have Donald Trump and Putin, but they're not, they're not actually fighting. If you look, they're like play fighting, shadow boxing. Is it Putin or is style. it Biden? Huh? Is it Putin or is it Biden? I couldn't even tell. I was like, you know, uh, I don't I think that represents Putin. Uh, I would which think basically Putin. is telling us like all these wars and stuff are contrived. It's you know, it's all for show, right? That kind of thing. Like Trump's just waving his hands idea. around. But that, yeah, Putin's... but that for the reason that doesn't make sense to me is because Trump and Putin are pretty amicable. You know what I mean? Right. Well, this is just bringing that out in the open. That that whole idea. Uh, that's kind of something. It's been going on for the longest time, where the U.S. and the Russia have been, you know, kind of buddy buddy behind the scenes with a lot of things, but uh, it's just being brought out in the open now with, with you know, Trump uh, being friendly with Putin. Well, the other thing that bothered me was the Eiffel Tower is too obvious. Like, there's no plausible deniability with that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. it's like, it's almost like this kind of was like an ISIS recruitment video or something to be set up to blame Muslims or so. I don't know. There's something about this one really bothers me. I don't, but well, like not in a creepy way. Like just this, this production seems like it's sorcery. Well, it, I could tell you what this is all about, what the overarching idea behind the whole thing here is. It's all about ecumenicalism, the com- combining of all the world's religions into one. And it looks like they're using like the whole alien motif to do that. Yeah. So, I mean, this is something that's been a long time coming yep. uh, as far as that goes. But you see how they merge together like, uh, the Israeli flag and the Muslim idea, mm-hmm. uh, and they have that they'll show later on the temple uh, next to uh, the uh, the mosque there. That's yeah, that's, that's at the, where the temple is. Like the Muslims retaking Jerusalem. That's what that you know, and then they're taking over Paris, and then you have the phoenix dropping a Muslim baby or whatever that becomes the leader on something. Right. I don't well, know. This is it's it's a, the whole idea is ecumenicalism there it's combining uh the muslim faith with uh, the jewish faith and christianity the three major abrahamic religions uh being combined together in one that's the overarching idea behind this and it looks like they're playing that ufo alien card uh to that effect with this one central figure there at the end uh who i'm equating to apollo or apollyon uh that's just my take on it um, and this would be your antichrist type figure unifying every all these world religions together into one world religion. Uh, that's kind of the symbolism I'm taking away from this whole video when you walk away from it after viewing the whole thing there. But we could go. Was ahead that and a transhuman apart. skeleton dancing or what? Remember when mm-hmm. the guy was dying from like the like the well, guy let's, let's died, go, then the it. vaccine went in, right? Yeah, and, and then, then there's like a transhuman and skeleton well, it's a, dancing. It's a rewriting of the DNA kind of implication, but so there. They're having their little shadow box on top of a uh, an Asian looking building. Right. Once again, that kind of the idea of ecumenicalism in a way, or world unity, because you're talking about three different cultures. You got the American culture, the Russian culture, and then there's the Japanese culture right there, and right next to a pyramid, which represents the Middle East or the Egyptian culture. 
so you, you have this merging of cultures when we're looking at it right here. Right, so we have the and, seeing eye The Kung Fu flies by with a face on it. Eye of Horus. This is almost identically the same figure from the previous one. It's not quite as good. So this figure is different than the last one. The, the last one was more of a, um, a journey of self-awareness kind of a thing. This one seems a little different. This is more like an Antichrist figure almost. Uh, you can see the, the very yeah, serpentine notions with the throne. Obviously, this is very Chicom-ish with the uh, the troops, but it's unified behind the uh, the elitist motifs. Right, I can't one right, of so the things that I did think was really good was you know how it shows like the alien or whatever the UFOs dropping off the the Ark of the Covenant, which supposedly has the original real Torah in it. I can totally see these freak shows doing something like that to, to, <laughs> yep. to do what Wayne said. Absolutely. And that's kind of, and you see, um, there here we're at the part with the Eiffel Tower and the dancing. Uh, yeah, that does look like a metal skeleton now that you mention it, especially down the feet. Yeah, so on the right we have a dancing child. And I... That looks like Black Panther to me on the left. <laughs> That's dying there. <laughs> racist. That's racist, Wayne. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Actually, it, I think you can see me. eyes, like like almost 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 like it's a ninja costume. Uh, let's see. Well, let's, like whoever let's was through. making this really did make it after that Chadwick Bosman dude or whatever his name is. Everybody's complaining to me to mute the sound. I thought I just did. Hmm. Well, maybe not, but the, the dude definitely there's Okay, so let me see if this brought us all back up. I think everything's streaming again. My, uh, my it looks OBS like crashed. It I just killed the volume on on the uh, on the video. Now, just so everybody knows, that wasn't anything external. Uh, the OBS crashed on my Mac for whatever reason. So anyway, this is where we were. I gotta see if the, is this music still going. I can't tell. Let me open up another window. It's muted in, in OBS. But let me see. Oh. Well, everybody's complaining it's too loud. so I The gotta... chat room was basically just too sexy for everything, and it overheated. It's too sexy for its shirt. It's too, too much. Too sexy for its shoes. Too sexy. All right, let me see here.
Okay, can everybody hear us? Is the sound good? Are we coming through okay? Not too loud, no goofy music. I gotta let this... All right, I gotta let this buffer up for a second. Oh, here we go. We're at buffering. Someone asked uh, what hit the Eiffel Tower, and it goes by really quick, but it looks like another one of those uh, drafting square bombers flew by it. Is it? Well, let me just restart it because this is still getting. Yeah, why don't we uh, back it up just a little bit? Well, that I can't I see some things. But I restarted it, so. All right, let's watch this. All right. Can everybody hear us? I think that the music is off, but the chat room is like somewhere between 30 seconds and 60 seconds behind us. So, yeah, who knows? Um, okay, we here's what's hitting the Eiffel Tower. There it is. Yep, there it is. That's what it was. What, was it one of them bomber things? Yeah, it wasn't as detailed as the first ones uh, okay. in, in the previous one, but yeah, it, it was like a square and compass looking thing. So, yep, destroyed the Eiffel Tower. Here we have the... Uh, we have uh, what, what did you call him? Black Panther. Black Panther yeah, killed Black over. Panther the child is watching. <laughs> the skeleton child. It's the Terminator. And dancing. Dancing. <laughs> Not an A10 warthog. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this chat is awesome. So we see the needle come down, but this body is in a graveyard. If you if you look on the left. Yeah, here. yeah, those are definitely graves. Um, forward. All there's right. the needle. All right, and that's that dancing, strange, transhuman child thing. So now we're we're coming up to the uh, spiritual deliverance. Of and that's Mars life. in the background behind the dancing child. And if you looked in the background, hold on. If you could back that up for a second. That I can. After. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't back it up. I can't, I can't go forward or back. After the after the needle uh, hit into the Black Panther type figure, it paused there for a second, and up in the clouds on the left side, you could see what looked like an angelic type figure or a whitish figure in the clouds, and you could see the end of the needle uh, going into that too. Mm, cool. Didn't catch that. To watch this one, I've only ever watched this one once, so. All right. I'm not gonna catch things quite as easily as the other one. All right, we will move forward. I think we'll be able to get through this no problem. We have the yeah. uh, the deliverance of the new life, the, the soul being, whatever you want to call it, coming down to the high-rise apartments. There's the baby in the basket. It's like a play on Moses. Yeah, very similar. But it's an apartment. And then we move forward to the future, adult life. Uh Apparently he likes Paisley, or not Paisley, uh, Plaid. The one thing that really did interest me about this was in the Torah when they open it up, uh, or in the background it says the Gospel of Barnabas, who was born Joseph, which literally means the sun increasing, Joe and Seth. Mm, interesting. 
So these people are all doing Muslim-like worship, Islamic right. worship. Right. And that was kind of a symbol of either the peacock or the phoenix that delivered the, the child there. And that's that's a symbol of uh, the all-seeing eye. Uh, because when, when you look at the peacock, uh, if you look at their tail feathers, it's like eyes. So uh, that that's symbolic of uh, the eye of providence. So this was a child of providence. So that would be kind of your antichrist type figure. So and you see. Oops. So this is implying that they are facing east. They are in the temple. Hello, Crow. Hey. All right, we move forward. They're going through the temple. Okay, here's our here's our spaceship, our Saturnian-looking spaceship above the temple. Come on, where are we at? All right. Spaceship above the pyramid. Oh, okay. Maybe this is supposed to be a reference to the opening scene with uh, Trump and Putin. Because it looks like those little buildings they were standing on. Let's see. Yeah, there's the pyramid. So we have the blue spaceship. Yeah, there's the little dojos. Blue colored spaceship. Wasn't there real footage like this though, a couple years back? Where it was in like Israel, yeah. There, it okay, was, it was Israel. It was filmed, yeah. It was filmed uh, from a couple different people, and it was just, uh, it was like a, a disc-looking thing that shot straight up into the sky over the Temple Mount. So everything's black and white except for the UFO. Right. We'll move this forward. All right. So the UFO around. Illuminati, blah, blah, blah. All right, so obviously the implication is the, the Illuminati is the one spitting out the UFO into the temple following the checkerboard. There's our Antichrist figure. Let's see. Getting up. He's going to do Both the strut. Spins. All right, he is levitating on his hoverboard that he took from Marty McFly. All right. And that's the end of that. So now we're moving along to... That throne room actually looks like a face from far away. Like when, you, when you're going in, like the two eyes and stuff, and the nose and the mouth. Yeah, kind of, and it's the eyes yep. of horse style. Okay, so now we're at a temple floor. The marble slab is being removed. And mm. we have... The Ark of the Covenant will be coming out of there. Spaceships have discovered... The Ark of the Covenant. And little little Saturn spaceship is opening the lid. That's, that's rather ironic. The spaceships yeah, came from the Ark of the Covenant, right, Dylan? <laughs> yeah, look, look at those orbs. I can just imagine, like, Klaus Schwab, like, as he's having his editors make this, like, oh, this is so good. They're going to buy it. It looks so realistic right now. I can't wait for this. <laughs> mm -hmm. Now, in the Ark of the covenant we have some ancient passages now dylan what does that say yes. i have no idea oh okay <laughs> i thought maybe you right you could read that i'm smart but i'm not that smart I'd say like a oy vey or something yeah this means <laughs> what the fuck is this gefelde fish recipe all right here we go moving forward you must sugar 
Get a fell to fish recipe. Alright. We got your homie in his in his cool tracksuit. About to sit down. Everybody's pointing, clapping. Yay. Yay, players. homies in his tracksuit. This is original Torah. Okay, so they're basically saying this is the unification of the religions because now right. explain the gospel of Barabbas again. Bar, Bar, or excuse me, Barnabas. Barnabas. Not not the one from Dark Shadows, not the vampire. Oh no, I was just uh, saying how like he was born Joseph, and Joseph literally means when you like take the word splitting, and it means like the sun increasing. All right, and that that comes back from like the old hieroglyphics of the sun. Now, is that supposed to be a bald eagle? I believe so. So obviously, we have our Loki-looking figure here. Whatever he's uh, I'm I'm America down. Is that what that is? I'm well, thinking there's the that's Islamic a in the background. Though. Where is it a seagull? <laughs> oh, that's an eagle, I think. Well, yeah, but this figure that reminds me of Loki. What do you guys think it actually is, though? Allah? I don't know. I'm going with Apollo or Apollyon. That's my thought. The bow and arrow. Takes out the Eagle nightclub, chicks dancing, democracy, freedom. Yeah, I don't know about that. All right, so is that's a Ryan-ish, but not quite. Let's see. And then we have... Like, that's the only good thing that I've seen in this is democracy falling and then just freedom. And so it's like, okay, that's kind of a good sign. <laughs> but... Is. But I'm it says demo sure. freedom. Yeah, like demon freedom. Right, precisely. Right. And the blue and the and red. And we got the red. opening of books. Did you notice that the letters were blue and red? <laughs> okay, so here we are. Uh, we've got the big old moon in the background and the nightclub. And then we have our, uh, our little George Jetson things here. And then we have our... Our bull, our Taurus, our golden calf, World Bank. Here we have. I can't make out what that symbol is. It doesn't. It doesn't seem like it's anything in particular. Let's see. Symbol on Maybe his chest. Maybe a little closer. There's the. Looks, Looks like a triangle. Yep, that's a triangle. Like a the. Neptune. Neptune symbol, yeah. That's supposed to be the Wall Street bull, isn't it? Yeah. There we go. There can be only one. And then we have economic crash. What does it say? Trillionaire families. Vasadi Sumas. I can't quite make that out. Do you know what that would be? Um, The lag is so bad, I'm still looking at the dude holding the sword over yep. the bull. Me too. The chat, Gregory May, Horned Q, Shaman. <laughs> What's that say back here? Let's see. Trillionaire, something or another. I might have to watch that larger when I can. I can't make out what the letters say. 
I gotta open this in something else. It's too laggy. All right, so obviously implication here is economic crash, money falling to the ground. Then we jump to money. The end of the dollar, all that stuff. Yep. Yeah, death of the dollar. Which is kind um, of obvious, you know, it's not really prophesizing, it's not foreshadowing anything that's not really known, you know? Yeah. All right, so here we have Israel. Yep. And then? And then the flag flips over. So it so we we're showing the unification here. Yep. So there's the temple on the mount kind of thing. Yep, that's the unification. Golden doors and noodles. Out. Noodles just said something good in the chat and said, uh, "Vastati sumus is we waste from Google Translate," and that's that's there we go. part of that trillionaire thing was not. Um, it wasn't in English. That's what I was thinking, but I couldn't quite make out what it said to look it up. So there we have the, there's the door opens, and there's this... that Antichrist-type figure. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. He's a bad one, isn't he? They're doing yep. the revelation. Apollo yeah. That's so why I pegged that as Apollo. It's freaking Apollo. Bow and arrow. Yep. Yeah. All right. Flying away on his little Wonder Woman jet. Uh-oh, he's going to kill the all-seeing eye. Chicoms Mixed with the uh, Islam. Okay, <sighs> Billy Jack, peace on earth was all it said. Hud Hud, what does that mean? I don't know that one. <laughs> that what you say to a camel when you want it to go? <laughs> Just watch out, they spit. <laughs> the end of this is like the Billy Jack movie. Was that Coven? Remember that Coven song? <laughs> Alrighty, guys. I think I think we're back on. My OBS crashed again. Obviously, it doesn't like the video. So I think we're gonna we're gonna leave it there. Uh, there's no point in making this thing crash over and over again. We just went through most of that video. So obviously, the second one isn't quite as exciting as the first one, and the connotations in it are very very different. But uh, let's wrap it there. I think Crow. Let's talk about what we're gonna be releasing very shortly. Yeah, we got episode 289 coming out. I just made the bumper for censorship tube. Um, so that'll go up, I don't know, close to midnight. I'm fading pretty quick, man. I'm toasted. So what is it? You know, it's another hour from now. I can probably make that. So, yep, uh, Wayne Crow and myself, we broke down a lot of the esoteric symbolism in Star Wars, predominantly the first film that we tied in a little bit more of the others i uh, hope you guys enjoy that it's a really long episode it's almost two and a half hours but uh dylan we, what okay. well we should say um you know there's a number of ways that could have been broken down a lot of people have covered that it parallels the fight within freemasonry the branches of freemasonry i probably could have went at it from the acceptable year of the lord but we kind of went at it more encoded archetypy kind of breakout so there's that yeah, no, there's definitely more more we could do from different points of view, definitely. 
But uh, Dylan, I don't know if everybody was familiar with you, so why don't you take the floor and tell everybody who you are, what you do, and how handsome of a fellow you are in your picture here. Oh, hey now. I'm blushing. Hold on a second. Uh, yeah, so I, I wrote uh, Spirit World, the series. I think it'll provide uh, an invaluable resource for catching people up to speed and teaching people skill sets in this type of uh, material, especially with language and symbolism. And uh, it'll save you, you know, quite possibly a decade or more of research to, to know all that stuff and have it in a nice, concise layout. Uh, my friend is a little bit over halfway through making the audiobook for the first book, so that's going to be pretty cool. And um, uh, I was on Crow and Jason's podcast, uh, 270 and 279. So if you haven't heard those, go over to Crow, C-R-R-O-W, 777radio.com. And listen to them. You can listen to the first hours for free, but you guys need to subscribe because the second hours of all these podcasts is where all the meat is. And you got to get in there because that's the stuff that can't be censored, you know, and it's more sensitive. So if you haven't, go subscribe to Crow 7's uh, podcast, 777's podcast. And it's only like $7 a month. It's one of the best values and one of the best things that I've uh, subscribed to. Even when I lost my jobs, I'm still subscribed because it's that valuable. Well, geez, man. Thanks. <laughs> You, you put it really nice for yeah, us, and it's appreciated. Well, Dil Dylan's books, what they do is they give any mind a way to think about things that they should have been taught in school, and they weren't. Um, and whether you want to agree with what's done there, it gives you a way to go at information in obvious ways that you've been trained to dismiss as nonsense, and it's provably not nonsense. So you should grab the Spirit World series. Third one's probably the toughest for average people. People have been at it a while. Um, that'll probably be the most valuable book. But you need to learn how to deal with the English language. Um, and it gives you a number of ways to break out information so that information isn't flying over your head all the time. Yeah. Did, <clears throat> excuse me. Dylan's definitely got it. Got his stuff together. Uh, Oh, and uh, the third book, we do the Black Swan. We do all that stuff. So I think you know, I think your audience is sophisticated enough. The third book won't be difficult. But like, if you were to recommend it to somebody who's not like doesn't watch you guys regular, it might be challenging. But it really goes into like the hieroglyphics um, and all the languages that developed from those sacred dialects that the priest classes use. And you can kind of see how all of these languages, it, the empires didn't just Egypt didn't just collapse and then become Greece, Phoenicia, China. And then those collapsed and then became – like you can see how they all were kind of – they still existed. Like China has existed. Even though China is becoming the superpower, it's existed alongside us this whole time. You know what I mean? And you'll see that in a lot of these empires. And I think there's a lot of history and truth that we can learn about our real history that's still hidden in language if we can only extract it. You know, as an extension to those, um, people people are homeschooling now, and they keep saying, you know, what should we be teaching the children? And Myth. I always said, if I had young people right now, I would be the Greek myths. Uh, I'd teach them the crossovers into Roma, but minimally the Greek myth. But what I was thinking is the sky can be viewed in four seasons, which means at any given time of the year that, let's call it a quadrant of sky, um, has constellations. That would be a hell of a podcast to do, Jason, is to take each quadrant of the sky and tell the tale of the constellation, because all those constellations are telling a tale, you know, but people always ask, well, why is that this or, you know, a, a bull or something? It doesn't even look like a bull. Well, the reason it's a bull is because there's a story attached to it. 
Um, there's only a couple constellations that even resemble what they're supposed to be. Maybe Orion comes close. Uh, maybe the tail of the scorpion comes close. Other than that, I can't really think of any um, that look like what they're supposed to be. But that would be legit information to break out the constellation stories and tie it back to the myth. Yeah, I'm going to drop a link for Dylan's first book here. Is this the first one? Hey, Crow, I've been thinking about... Um... Your, inter your interview with Athen the other day and just like the tropical and the sidereal and it's like what's so interesting about that is a lot of the symbolism still only holds up with the tropical it doesn't hold up with the sidereal but the sidereal hmm. holds up with what's like relevant for like understanding the actual weather or the astrological climate you know so it was like I was thinking about that because like if you had to abandon one which one would you? And you can't well, because the tropical. What do you mean it? What it doesn't? But but hold on for a second. What do you mean it doesn't hold up? Explain specifically what you mean so, by that. So it's like basically like if I were to, um, if you were to look up the astrologic correspondence, astrological correspondence of like the story of King uh, Herod beheading John the Baptist, that is still only applicable if you know when to look in the tropical system. It's not applicable, and that's that. Well, see, but yeah, I, I get where you're going, so, but but you see, that's it has to be that way because what that is, that's that's where the value's at, because it allows someone who understands enough to roll the clock back to the time when it was accurate, which gives you a clear history, free of you know nonsense times or nonsense history stories. See what I'm saying? It's a it's a time marker. Well, that's so, what I'm saying. It's like the tropical. You can't abandon that one because eventually it's all no. go around the whole right. twenty-five thousand year cycle, and that if you abandon the tropical for the sidereal, you're going to lose your reckoning. Well, in a, I think in a normal world, Dylan, because I've thought about this a lot, in a normal world, if they didn't spend their life lying and getting schools to teach unhelpful things, and we'd have stuck with nature, we would have started with tropical because that's where we inherit all the meaning. Without that, we don't inherit any meaning. Um, and then they'd have rolled it forward as the what they call the procession of the equinox slipped. So every two years, you'd slipped a degree. But you know what what the sky watchers and interpreters would have been doing was slipping with the sky, um, so that you actually have the knowing from the tropical, which is you know you know the whole deal, supposedly from the age of a different age than we're currently in. Um, but they would have rolled it forward, right? Um, so we could pick up any time. I don't think you can do without either one of them now, but the problem is you can't take tropical and argue that's what's over your head right now, which a lot of people try to do. Um, and then there's the whole argument of, well, what's your actual sign? There's problems, but they're not problems that can't be worked out, but I agree with you. You need them both. And I really agree with your assessment, Crow. Uh, what you've said recently about ideas like this is... Uh, you hold both to be true in their own sense. And I agree with that. They're both tools in the toolbox. And you could use one for one set of uh, things and, and the other one for a different set of things. It doesn't make them any less uh, valuable or true. And this, this holds true with so many of these different ideas and philosophies as well. And that's kind of the same place I've come to. 
something may not line up, say, with something in Greek mythology, but it might line up with something in, say, Egyptian mythology. And that's one set of tools or, or one kind of a lens you could look at something through. And the same thing holds true for uh, sidereal versus tropical as far as, uh, you know, the, the astrology aspect of things there. Uh, so I, I kind of view this as, you know, from that angle as well. You, you need these different tools. And if you, you know, the more you know about these different systems, you could know which system to apply to which problem at which time. And I think that is one of the big keys here in basically all the hermetic different sciences that there are and things like that. Uh, it's knowing which, which tool to infer to use uh, for any particular problem. And that's the thing. So, you know, arguing back and forth, this is kind of uh, a waste of energy and, you know, productivity on, on the part of people who are looking at these ideas. Both are true and hold value. And even though they, they come to differing conclusions at different times about things, they're like tools, like you alluded to, different tools uh, in the toolbox that you could use for whichever problem you have. Because, you know, if everything's a nail, then you use the hammer all the time. But not everything's a nail, so you can't use the hammer all the time. You can't use a hammer for, you know, other things. It's the same basic concept, and that's, you know, kind of the best allegory I could come up with for it. But, yeah, I... I think that's definitely the case as far as that goes too with uh the sidereal versus the uh the tropical argument there but if you really think about it um i've almost come to the conclusion that it was intentionally done to get people off the sky clock and understanding how much it matters because simply if you only had tropical you could make it work um you just use it in a different way and by the way we don't get any of the definitions without tropical we don't get jack without tropical um, as far as I know and so without those definitions you'd be starting clean again and it's claimed I don't know what it's claimed the Chaldeans if there ever was such a people thousands of years they watched the skies they were supposed to be the apex whoever these mystical people were of uh, sky watching but my point is is no matter what you think of a, tro a, a tropical it's holding a timestamp um, as Dylan pointed out, if you match it up to the biblical narratives um, for when Spica, you know, the corn comes over the horizon, that's that's a timestamp in time, and it's free of Vatican histories or anyone else's histories. You could roll the clock back and know when it was possible for these things to occur at the times that are being claimed. But at the same time, as we got into the modern era, you know, we can't even trust the divisions or anything. If you read the oldest text, it feels to me like everything should be a clean 30-degree division. It's not what we have. How that was dealt with, I don't know. I can only speculate. Um, but it's clearly been messed with so that only people who held the ancient knowledge knew how to deal with it. But don't you suppose that the people with the ancient knowledge understand tropical and just apply it to now? Um, and we have to have this whole other thing we call sidereal. Um, it's really just the same game, just used slightly different. Right, and that's that's just the emphasis on what it's used for. Like, you could use it in different circumstances. And uh, that, that's kind of, you know, one of the things I think they use when they they time things out. Uh, you know, they, they decide, well, which which one do we want to go with? Well, there, there's uh, the which, which lens do we want to view it through, you know? there There's the game, Wayne. So people born now are rolling the sky to a time that doesn't apply to when they're born and calling that their sign. So you can see the messing 
with people's minds. How is it that you can be so easily convinced that you're a sign when if you um, had an adult go out the moment you were born and look up to see what's actually there, it'd be something different, uh, usually about a sign off. So you can tell that the intent was there to get people off the trail and to believe in things that aren't substantial. Um, but it doesn't matter, you know, we can get back. I mean, do you, do you think for a second, Dylan, that if enough of us started paying attention, it would not take us that long to get back? Well, I think that's what's so unique about the time we live in right now is that never in history has the technology been this good to actually record everything and take really good evidence to preserve it for future generations. Like you can record stuff digitally, but then you can produce it into physical books, everything. And that's if people are looking for something to do in their life and this sort of thing interests them, that's what they should be doing because there's been no better time. You know, and, I have... Uh, oh, sorry, oh, go sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I have this um, uh, astronomical dictionary, astrology dictionary. I think it was done in the 40s or the 50s. Um, think of the Bible. Uh, Job, I recently quoted, um, can you affect the sweet influences of the Pleiades? So right there, it's telling you that whenever that was written, the idea of the Pleiades was a positive influence. Um, so you can go back to all these old sources. If there were enough of us who realized how important this is, you would do do simple things. Like in the in the book I'm talking about, it's going to make the claim that the eye of the bull, uh, what is that, Aldebaran, um, the eye of the bull in Taurus, they viewed it as negative because it was red. And then you can read in another place that this color thing isn't right. My point being is with enough people and enough sources, you could quickly piece together um, what's what was and has been considered positive or maleficent or any of it, and then start to put it back together. And of course, sooner or later, we're going to get at the old records if nobody destroys them. Um, the Vatican's sitting on Lord knows what. China's price sitting on Lord knows what. All the old world cultures that have had power centers that go back in time, they've, they've still got the old information stashed somewhere. Isn't it fascinating that one of the families that's like a Vatican family that owns that stuff, they're named after Aldebaran, Aldo Brandini. Huh? I never thought about that. The eye of the bull, the bullseye, man. They're the center of the dartboard. How about that? All right, gentlemen, we ready to, to wrap it? Yeah, was, thank you guys for inviting me on. It was really fun hanging out with you. and what, get, This is like a throwback episode with all these old iPet goats and all that stuff. Man, <laughs> I remember back in the day, this stuff was like, this was like, oh, my God. Like This is like the conspiracy theorists, like Super Bowl watching this stuff. <laughs> By the way, I'm leaving a link. I'm going to drop it again for, for everyone. To... We're, we're getting all the film out of our system, I guess. Now we're doing Star Wars tonight, and we did two pet goat clips. <laughs> uh, the links I just dropped is to Dylan's author page on Amazon. That's where you'll find all his books, how to properly spell his name, and all that good stuff. So get his books. You will like them. You will learn a lot, I promise you. And I'm sure we'll be doing a third show with them at some point in the near future, too. All right, everybody, let's sign off. Thanks so much for being here. Hope you enjoyed petting the goats, and we will see you later. Yeah, it was great.